Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. The following five episodes are with businessman, investor, doctor, and now author, Tim Reynolds. The interview was a person who was in my office. And so if you're listening to the episodes and want to watch the videos, just go head over to thewealthstandard.com and it'll have a link there. When the five segments are complete, we're gonna post the entire interview on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. So a little bit about Tim. Tim is a former Green Beret the Special Forces. He was a medic and also battalion surgeon. He graduated from Texas A&M with his medical degree and his specialization was emergency medicine. He was an emergency room doctor for several years and then also started or co-started a company called Healthcare Express He currently has locations, I believe 15 or 16 locations throughout Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. And most recently, he has his book. This is his book. You guys can check it out on Amazon. It's called Living Every Minute. It's also on Audible. He reads the Audible audiobook. Tim is an amazing guy. He's one of the first original platinum partners with Tony Robbins. He has a love and zest for life. It's throughout his book. It's going to be throughout this interview. You can imagine that in the roles that he's played, he has experienced firsthand the fragility of life. And he's going to share some of those experiences throughout these five segments. Now, I want to forewarn you, this is a PG-13-ish interview. There's some colorful language, and there's also some relatively graphic stories that Tim tells. But you guys are going to experience him, his heart, his passion for life. You can uh, check his website out. It's livingeveryminute.com. He has some personal development programs and courses, a lot of other resources that you will want to check out. So go head over there. And without further delay, let's start Episode one with my dear friend, Tim Reynolds. Whether it's this experience writing a book, right? Or what we just talked about where people are held back by fear. First, like what are maybe some stories of 
you confronting your fears and overcoming them? And then are there some principles that you've found where people can follow and get through their fear? Yeah, it's a good question. I think when I had a emergency medicine contract, so basically I contracted with the hospital to run their emergency department. So my business was I hired the doctors, paid the malpractice, you know, build the patients, did all that kind of stuff for the hospital. So the hospitals, the doctors working in the ER don't usually work for the hospital. They do in some cases, but in many cases, the hospital outsources that to an ER company and the doctors are. So I owned that company. And when I had the experience, I get called into the, I've been there for 10 years. We've been doing this for 10 years. I get called in the office and they say, we're putting your contract out for bids. And I had just been in the office maybe three months before. I said, look, I'm about to put roots down about to buy a ranch. I want to make sure we're good. Yeah, we're absolutely good. 90 days later, calls me in the office, says we're putting the contract out for bids, which they had not done in 10 years. I knew what that meant. What did we do wrong? Nothing. You guys are great. We just seeing if we can get it cheaper. Uh, well, I know you can get it cheaper, but you're not going to get the quality of now. You know, it's that whole conversation. And we had been thinking about building the business we have today, Healthcare Express. And I walked out of that office and it felt like somebody had hit me in the stomach with a baseball bat. Partly because financial. Partly because it became who I was. I was the medical director for a level two trauma center. That was part of my personality. I had, you know, mixed up my career with my, with who I was as a human. And uh, I was scared to death. Like I didn't know what we were going to do, where we, how I was going to feed my, here I was a doctor, didn't know how I was going to feed my family. Right. That was the first time that ever happened. And so I said, you know, I had two choices, go get another job because I could do that as a medical director for 10 years or go out on our own and try and do this ourselves. And that was a big step. And we're, you know, you're leaving multi six figure career to zero. And it was zero for a while too, it was zero for a good year. And so that was a big fear. And I think what makes, so you have the fear where you're losing this contract yeah, and then you decide to go completely different yeah. directions yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So it's kind of like you took a set of fears and yeah. then you just piled some more on yeah, top of it. It was almost like, it was really weird too. It was almost like, it was like life happens for you because I don't know if I would have had the guts to do it had that not happened. It'd been crossing my mind, but the thing that had kept me there was that, the money, right? I mean, it was too good to walk away from. But when there was no money, for some reason, the fear of losing the money got taken from me. And so I didn't have that fear anymore. Money's already gone now. And oh, it wasn't that I couldn't go get it again, but I was at this sort of crossroads. And I thought, what if we go build our own thing? And finally, what made me overcome it, I think finally the fear was, I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen. And I think it's a question where people need to ask themselves. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is where we're at right now. So why don't we go try and build this thing, work our asses off for a few years. And if it doesn't work out, we're just right here, right? And so I will often do that. I'll often say, number one, what's the worst thing could happen? And is it worth that risk? And number two, what's the best thing that could happen? And is it worth that? Is it worth that time and effort, right? So if you're going to build a business and the best thing that can happen is you're going to make $5,000 a month, it's probably not worth the effort. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge risk. But for me, there needs to also be a reward because I'm going to spend my time, money, and brain damage trying to make it successful. And so I think one of the things that helps me is to say, what's, I mean, honestly, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, and then I'll go back finally to my old special forces days. We used to have a saying, man, if this doesn't kill us, it's going to make a great story. <laughs> right? We've been in some shit where you're like, 
we're, this might be the last day, but if it doesn't kill us, what a great story this is. Gonna and I think be. that adds sometimes to where you're able to understand, okay, worst case scenario. But I, th- I think it's interesting. Have you found that when a person is afraid of something, they have difficulty confronting that and asking that just simple question, like what, so I'm afraid, like what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Well, this can happen, then this can happen, yeah. then this can happen. Well, why is that? Why are you afraid of that? Yeah. Well, I'm afraid because of this. People don't, I mean, it's not a very difficult exercise, yeah. but a lot of people don't tend to go there. Yeah, I think if you can help them and say to them, what's the worst thing, like literally the worst possible case scenario that could come from this? Well, this and this. Could you accept that? Like, could you live through that? What would you do if that happened? Well, I would do ABC. So that's the worst thing that could happen. So what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? John. But people don't do that analysis themselves. And I think another thing that happens that I help people with a lot is we don't think logically at two o'clock in the morning. But people get in their fears at two o'clock in the morning because, you know, you wake up and your brain goes circle, circle. You think about a million things and think about a million things. and I say, turn on the light, get out your journal and just write. And just write all those millions of things down because those million things are really four things, right? It's just four things. You just can't stop circling. If you'll just take and just write those down, you'll get to a page and go, that's what was keeping me awake. And you can shut the journal, shut off your light, go back and put it down. I didn't read that somewhere. That's what I had to do <laughs> because we all get in that circle, right? The brain just goes round and round. How is your hunger evolved, right? You said that the, the fuel, because I, I assume hunger comes from what we just talked about. You obviously have fears, you can unpack fears, but then when you really understand, okay, what's the best, like, what's like a level 10 success look like and getting excited and inspired by that? Is it more, does hunger come from more than that or is that where the, the source is? Yeah, I think for me, the hunger comes from having this desire. I don't know if I was born with this, if I can teach this to other people, but I think some people have more of it than others. You certainly can learn more. You know, I've talked about, you know, we listen to a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same mentors, and you can learn some tools and skills along the way. But what made you listen to those in the beginning? What made you start? I think some people are just born with this hunger for better. I always have wanted just to create spectacular. That's why it's called for creating spectacular. How do I create a spectacular life? If my life is a clay image that I'm creating, I'm putting new clay on every day, I'm scraping some off. When I'm done, the sculpture that's done is my life. I want that to look spectacular. I want it to be awesome. I want to be able to say in the last second before I die, if I had one last thought, I want to go, that was awesome. That was a good life. That was a life worth living. Hey, taking a break from the show, don't forget that as a podcast listener, you get free access to the Financial Independence Calculator at thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. You see, when asked a simple question, what are you ultimately trying to achieve financially? 99% of respondents say, I want to retire someday. I was shocked a few years ago when I learned two statistics. Number one, how few people actually saved anything for retirement. And number two, of those that did save, less than 20% would ever successfully save enough and not have to keep on working. I couldn't believe it. I then realized that what people really want isn't retirement, but financial freedom and ultimately a reasonable way to get there. That's why I designed the Financial Independence Calculator. You can get access by going 
to thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. Now back to the show. It is sometimes it should be a tough one. It's a trade-off. I, I think you, you always have yin and yang, yeah. right? Nothing comes without, I don't want to call it a price, yeah. but without the contrast, right? It's like, you know, especially with animals or just relationships, right? There's so much beauty about it, but we understand that life is fragile. Things are going to happen. Absolutely. People are going to move. People are going to, you know. Everything has a price. I mean, yeah. you said it right. I mean, you know, being healthy has a price you got to pay. So does being sick. Having a great marriage, there's a price to pay. Yeah. So is divorce. And it's an expensive one. <laughs> you know, everything has a price. Being wealthy has a price. It's you got to work hard. But mm-hmm. being poor also has a price. I thought sometimes about, I'm not sure where I learned, learned this from, but I look at like, you know, marriage. Maybe this is a horrible way of looking at it, but to me it works. Where it's, it's kind of a bank account, right? Where, you know, <laughs> you could build up a massive amount of money in that bank account and say one thing and it's all gone. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think the same thing goes with business, yeah. with you know, with your health, yeah. right? You're making investment, right? You're saving, you're putting things aside, right? Your passions to eat chocolate or eat sugar yeah. or eat ice cream. You're putting that aside, right? But you're building up your health bank account. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we were talking about Jesse Itzler earlier and it's like, you know, he ate, well, Tony Robbins is the same thing. They eat super healthy, super strict, right? And then their significant other is like, you know, eating cheesecake eat whatever or whatever, chocolate. But it's, so it's one of those things where, you know, you could pay that price if you've built up enough capital in that bank account, you know? Yeah, it's true. And business true. is the same thing. It's like employees, your team, where, yeah. you know, you're, it's like kudos, 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 rewards, like, oh, you guys are amazing. And then say, listen, then you can be critical. Yeah. If you're like critical, 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 yeah. you go into, you know, and it's a high, in, it's high interest debt, right? Well, and the, the <laughs> toughest thing in business, I actually heard Dave Ramsey say this, and I, when he said it, I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I'd have thought of that. So what's the hardest thing about business, being a business owner? And the hardest thing is when you thought somebody was going to go with you and they don't. It's the hardest thing, right? Like, get on the train. What do you mean you're not coming? I thought you were going to the end. I thought we were together. And that's, I really is the hardest thing. It is, yeah. I've learned, I happens, that price. It happens to all of us. If you do it long enough, it, you know, they have their life. Yep. And you thought that they were on the same road and when they're not. Or when you find out even worse, they betrayed you. And I've had that happen and they stole from you or betrayed you. I mean, it's not about the money. It's about what happens when somebody steals from yeah. you, what that means. Yep. Then that's the hardest thing in business because I thought we were like this and then all of a sudden they're gone. That's another thing too with reputation and trust. You can spend years building it up building your, and then I can't remember who said it, but you know, it's gone in five minutes. It takes a moment to, to ruin it, yep. to ruin it. And we've seen it and our society loves it. It does. Our society hates a hero. If there's a hero, somebody who's done great. Somebody that just wins all the time. Almost anything to find their fault. Yep. And if you dig deep enough, we all have faults. We're humans. Exactly. What you see on the surface, you know, especially like in whether it's social media or the news or, I mean, there's so much surface that's out there. Yeah. But nobody, I mean, everybody has their demons. They have their shortcomings. They have their insecurity. I mean, it exists in everybody. I think that, again, that's that that compliment, right? You have two sides of it. That's that's the price of it, right? And it exists at all levels. And it's part of the problem with social media is everybody has their social media life and they have their real life. Yep. You know, it's one of the things I love about Itzler's wife so much. She's she, real. She just don't care. Yeah. She she's uh, she well, she's puts a billionaire. Her, she puts so her like fault out. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the question is, is she a billionaire? So now she can do that or she become a billionaire because she's just that way. <laughs> probably, you know? probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just one of those things where I think, you know, you oftentimes have an image, right? To get something. Yeah. Right. You want to put yourself out there and portray yourself as something because you want something. 
when you realize that really all you want is you know a really good relationship with yourself with yeah. god and with your spouse yeah. like you don't need anything no. you really don't need anything else and so you're able to yeah. be more real and sense. i think when you're asking about the hunger part i think that's what's happened is that hunger's matured over the years is i'm still hungry i'm still plenty hungry but it's matured into a different I can be pretty dang happy with exactly the way things are today. Yeah. If nothing changed, I'm pretty happy. One of the difficulties we've had with the book and with living every minute, the company, the concept, is I don't really have a desire to be famous, right? I don't want to go do 50 keynote speeches. I'm 58 years old. I want to spend time with my wife and my family on the ranch and on things. So yeah. it's a dichotomy of I want to get the word out and make sure people know about it because I really do think it's life-changing. It's helped a lot of people. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't have to, I don't need to, I don't need to be, fa I have no need for fame. And so that's a, kind of a dichotomy that I've run into. So I remember what we were talking about before the dog, Will. So Will comes to, we have a course called Gladiator and Will comes to Gladiator. He's read the book, he comes to Gladiator and he's just a great guy. Had a heart attack about a year before, mid forties, I think. And he comes to Gladiator and he's just a great guy, great person. But as he starts to get better with himself and starts thinking about this really is the only time I have to create spectacular with my family and my life. He goes home and maybe more than anybody else who's come through the course, he went home and just literally did housekeeping. He said, all right, here's my health. This is all the things I'm going to do. Here's my relationship with my wife. Here's the things I'm going to do. Here's the relationship with my kids. And he literally made this like a workbook. We have a workbook that goes with it. And he just literally took a year and went through a chapter, every chapter for a year. And at the end of the year, he's transformed his whole life. He has a side, he had a great job. But now he also has a side business he's, and he took a leap of faith. He didn't know if he could do it, but he did. And so now he's got this side hustle that he does. And he's super proud of that. And, you know, just seeing somebody transform their life like that is just, that's the whole reward. And usually it is, it's one moment, right? And it's that, it's the whole, in the moment of decision where yeah. destiny is, is shaped. Uh, but it's that realization, right? And I think that when you have examples, experiences, you've had a ton of them being an emergency room MD where you see the fragileness of mortality, right? And you realize, wow, this is all that I have. These are, the, all I really have is right now. And I need to, to rework some things to have a better experience. Yeah, to have a better, this is all we have. As far as I know, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. This is it? This is, this, this is the life. We're in the so game. We gotta make the most of it we can, so it'll be spectacular. And we can just say, this is it, this is amazing. And I think, what most people do is they live the zombie life that I talk about, right? They get up in the morning, oh my gosh, 20 minutes to get to work, get my coffee down, get in the car, drive the exact same way I always drive, check in my brain at this clock, go in, do the work that I have to do, check out, go home, turn on the TV, pop a cold one, fall asleep in the chair, go to bed, and every day is Tuesday. Every day starts to look like every other day. And I think if you just pause and say, you know, people talk about don't just work in your business, work on your business. Yeah. Don't just work in your life, work on your life. And so what we do with our living every minute stuff and the course we teach is we give people a chance to step away from your life for a few days and let's work on it. Let's work on the pillars, the six pillars. Let's work on your health, your wealth, your relationships, your mission. Is it okay? If it's not okay, what can we do to shore that part up? Okay with who? Only matter if it's okay with you. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with where it's at? Or do you think maybe you should do something different in that area? And so that's really what it is. That's what the whole concept's about is, can you make it purposeful? Can you live on purpose, as people say? Can you actually do that instead of just 
going through the motions. I'm going to go back to whether it's Will or yeah. others. Yeah. When they have that realization, is there anything else that they realize, whether it's about themselves, what they want, what they've been doing? What are some of those primary realizations people have that cause them to like, yeah. I'm done enough. I'm making these significant changes. I think one of the things that people realize is that there are no real rules. We were taught a bunch of rules, right? Whether we were at church or at home or at school or wherever it was, we were taught a bunch of rules. But the reality is we're all just making this up. I know. There's no rules. You can do whatever you want. And so that's one of their major realizations as they go through. They're like, so I was told all these things, but I don't. I just made those up. Those are not even real. Those aren't even real rules. I just made them up in my head. And we'll go through a rules evaluation. I know you've done a little of that probably with Tony stuff. We do it in live with each person and go, what are your rules? And yeah. how can we help you with that? And, and they're usually that. like, they, they're, conflicting. they're conflicting. It's crazy <laughs> what people will do there. So, yeah. And they don't even know they exist. Yeah. And so I think if you just get real with yourself and go, oh my gosh, there's an aha moment where you go, I just made all that up. And I can redo the whole thing. And I would say, look, that, that worked great for till this moment in your life. Is that also going to be the thing that gets you where you want to go? If it is, good on you, mate. Yeah. Do that. The rule works. But if it's not, change maybe the you rule. ought to think about it a little bit. Change I, the way you think about it. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.